Blog Talk Radio. for tuning in once again to Debt-Free Wealth Radio. Trudy Behrman here. Our website is debtfreewealth.org. We're on a crusade and we invite you to come on board as we explore all things money that ultimately lead to helping those who desire it delete debt, build wealth, and protect family and assets. While I have your attention, I'm going to ask you for a personal favor. Please click the follow button for our show or the like button if you're accessing this later on one of our blog sites. Today's discussion comes from the categories of deleting debt and building wealth. And the topic of today's show is business, economics, stewardship, and the transfer of wealth. Tony Waldrop is our special guest today. He teaches best business, economics, stewardship, and the transfer of wealth. According to Tony, there are three branches of kingdom leadership, priests, kings, and lords. Priests are our traditional church leadership, kings deal with government, and I believe we've had some good ones in the founding of America, and lords are business people. Join us today as we chat with Tony about what God is doing today and how you can become partners in this process. Tony, are you there? I am. Good morning. Morning. Okay, now this show, just so everybody knows, will also appear on our website, Christian Entrepreneurs Connect, and any links mentioned here, links to Tony's website and so forth, will be clickable at ChristianEntrepreneursConnect.com. Now, Christian Entrepreneurs Connect is a new network for Christian business leaders and entrepreneurs to connect with each other for the purpose of developing friendships and possibly business relationships as well. Members are able to post their products, opportunities, fundraisers, and more. For right now, membership is free while we, while, while we build the base and structure of the organization. So please check out ChristianEntrepreneursConnect.com and apply for membership. Now, Tony is the president of Tony Waldrop Ministries. Tony Waldrop Ministries has been around since 2007, and it is a marketplace ministry that ministers the Word of God as it pertains to business. According to Tony's website, the average person spends approximately one-third of their adult life in the workforce, and the Word of God is full of knowledge, wisdom, and understanding that will equip you for victory, success, and prosperity in this arena of your life. For disclosure, 
Tony and I are Facebook friends. We've chatted by phone. And what drew me to him was as I listened to some of his video messages, we clearly share a common urgency for Christian wealth. So, Tony, thank you again for being with us. What exactly, where, where is Waldrop Ministries headquarters, and how can folks get in touch with you later? It's uh, in Omaha, Arkansas, just a little bitty spot, uh, about 20 minutes outside of Branson, Missouri. And then uh, the best way to get a hold of the min- ministry is through the website, which is dominionnetworking.com. I mean .org. Say that again. Dominion Networking. .org. Dominion Networking. .org. Okay, so Tony, what exactly is the mission, the mission statement? What is the mission of Waldrop Ministries? The mission, our vision is to see the world filled to maximum potential with the gospel of the kingdom of God. Our mission is to equip and empower Uh, believers in the marketplace to enact the kingdom of God in business, economics, stewardship, and the transfer of wealth. All right, Tony, we only have a 30-minute show today, and if if we don't get through all the 10 questions I've got for you, we definitely would be happy to have you back on the show. Now, I saw this reference to the three branches of kingdom leadership, priests, kings, and lords. Tell us a little bit more about these three branches as you see it. Well, the priests are our traditional church leaders, and largely we've gone at the whole Great Commission uh, from this this branch of leadership. But it's kind of like a, a stool. It takes three legs for a stool to stand. There's three branches in the kingdom, and to not have all the all the branches of leadership functioning as they should, it's it, it's out of balance. We can't accomplish what we're called to accomplish. Kings, kings deal with government and policy. Uh, we, the founding of America, I have no doubt, had good kings, those that were operating in that office. And then lords are business people. Lord means ownership or one having uh, the final say or authority in what is done with their property. It, today's terminology, a good word for it, is boss. Jesus is boss of heaven and earth. And lords okay. are responsible for provision. And in the book of Ruth, Boaz is one of the finest examples of a, of a true lord and what it looks like. Okay. Now, over here at Debt Free Wealth Radio, we are an unapologetic Christian organization in our approach to debt-free wealth. Now, when it comes to Christians and financing ministry and missions, one of the challenges of the mission field is that many Christians today face the same challenges of their secular peers, debt. Debt robs them of their personal wealth. It impacts their obedience and tithing, their generosity to ministry, and it, handic- and it handicaps, handicaps them in their ability to finance the Great Commission. Now, the Great Commission to go out into all the world and preach the gospel is an expensive venture, but I believe that God had, has already and continues to provide handsomely for, this minis- for his mission, but in our disobedience. Uh, we have violated, for example, Romans 13, verse 8, which reads in the King James, 
Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. Here we have the Old and the New Testament in agreement. So our mission here at Debt-Free Wealth is to help those who desire it delete debt, build wealth, and protect family and assets. So, Tony, please weigh in on the burden of debt within the church and how, if at all, does it affect your ministry and how you address the issue of debt. A debt is uh, contrary to God and it's sin. And we are to serve God and make well serve us. <clears throat> and the nation of Israel was to lend and not borrow because the borrower is servant to the lender. And so the New Testament is loaded with uh, biblical business principles, stewardship principles that you know, will empower believers to prosper and to delete debt. Yes, I I agree with you on that. So now what I've noticed about Tony Waldrop Ministries is that your ministry has a very strong wealth-building focus. Tell us about that, Tony. Well, we teach... <laughs> We teach the transfer of wealth, but understand, I believe that that the mindset of believers today, largely, it, largely what we hear is the gospel of God loves you and He wants to bless you, and there's no there's no preaching of conviction of sin or anything. It's unpopular, so we don't preach it. And the reality of it is is the transfer of wealth is not coming so we can build a golden calf. It's coming so that we can put the blueprint to the kingdom of God together on earth as it is in heaven, and we'll see that happen in pockets. I, I really like how you put that, um, Tony, and in fact, it, I, I like the the, um, the imagery you just played because when the the Israelites left Egypt, they, they, that transfer of wealth happened right there. I mean, those Egyptians just gave them all the gold that they left with. But as you pointed out, they really took it and built a golden calf, and that was not the plan. So that's awesome. Uh, now, I've been a part of many discussions among Christian business leaders and entrepreneurs, and a huge challenge is living out their faith authentically within their business or their sphere of influence without appearing preachy or intolerant or even offensive to some around them. Now, this challenge even exists for businesses that openly advertise that they're Christian-owned or that the business is a Christian entity. What would you say to these leaders, Tony? Well, I would say that the Apostle John, who laid his head on the bosom of Jesus, who gave us the gospel of John's record of Jesus' ministry, which shows us the love of God, who also wrote the book of Revelation, and we find that he bit the dust right there when he seen Jesus. He just had a revelation of Jesus in a whole new light, and the holiness, and that Jesus is not coming back as the Lamb of God. He's coming back as the Lion of the tribe of Judah with thousands upon ten thousands of fiery angels. And it's vitally important that we line up with the Word of God 
and that we are busy about God's business plan in the earth during this season. We live in a season like no other season in world history. Most everything you see, use, and experience today has been invented in the past hundred years. This is a season of harvest, and there's great responsibility to harvest. We are the salt of the earth. Salt is a stewardship term. I understand the part about the character. You're not going to handle godly wealth without the character. But salt was a preservative. So if you had a half a beef in your deep freeze and your deep freezer went out, what's on your mind? (laughs) Getting that half a beef on some ice or getting another deep freeze because it that's what preserves that meat. Salt during Jesus' day was largely used as a preservative. We are called to be in a stewardship position of the earth and its resources, which lines up with Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 through 14. Well, Tony, I I tell you, this is one of the areas, again, that we really line up because it has been very urgent on my heart and uh, and probably one of the urgencies for for me to do what I do with Debt Free Wealth and Debt Free Wealth Radio is the the, um, parable of the ten virgins, you know, and they were all... They were all aware that this big event was going to happen, and their job was to to be ready and to to be prepared and to do what they needed to do. And yet, they were not. And 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 you know, th- this urgency is definitely there. And I and I hear that urgency coming out in your voice as well. So Tony, you mentioned this business plan that God has. What exactly is this business plan? <laughs> well, you. Largely, the, the the concept that we have as a church, as a whole, is the mindset of reading the Word of God from a priestly mindset. You can step over and read the Word from a Lord's mindset. In other words, a business mindset. Jesus is priest, king, and Lord. And when he speaks, all three of these are, are present in it, and in the under, and to understand it, you have to read it from that concept. And in the twenty-first uh, chapter of the book of Matthew, now Jesus had been in, had gone to the nation of Israel and had preached for three and a half years. Repent, believe the gospel, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And they had not; the religious leaders had rejected him. And in the 21st chapter of the book of Matthew, we enter the last week of Jesus' life before the crucifixion. And in the 33rd verse, Jesus says, Hear another parable. There was a certain landowner who planted a vineyard and set a hedge around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. And he leased it to vine dressers and went into a far country. Now, when the vintage time drew near, he sent his servants to the vine dressers that they might receive its fruit. Now, what was the fruit that was to be produced? It's kingdom fruit. 
But what we have right there are all the elements of a business plan. Okay, so spell it out in... uh... Spell it out so in, uh, ultimately, in... a business plan, the basic nuts and bolts of it, would be it would be a description of the business with short-term and long-term goals stated with the internal and external functions of it. You'd have the stakeholders and the assembling of the team that is to produce or to make the business profitable. We have all that right there in that little sentence. Father God is the landowner. The nation of Israel is the vine. The country of Israel is the vineyard. The vine dressers were not just the priests. Now, when Jesus is telling this, the the nation of Israel had been reduced down to that's all the leadership they really had left anymore was the priesthood. But the kings and the lords were to be there. So we have the the team that was assembled. We have the short term. The short term, you know, when you look at what it takes to, to put in place a vineyard, like what's described there, you have to mark out the vineyard. You're going to have a short-term goals, which is to mark out the vineyard, to build the wall or the hedge. You're going to have to build the tower. You're going to have to dig the wine press. And then you're going to have to select the vines and plant the vines. So you've got to hire the laborers to do that. That's short-term goals. Now, when we understand something about vine growing, grape growing, it's long term. You don't once you plant the vineyards, then you got to train the vines. You're not going to get a crop for three to five years. Long term goals. Now, if we put this in context, and what Jesus is talking about here is that Father God had called the nation of Israel, brought them out of Egypt, brought them through the wilderness, brought them into the Promised Land when they crossed the Jordan. Now they're in the vineyard. They're in the vineyard. When David turns over the kingdom to Solomon, there's 50,000 square miles of of the nation of Israel, and it's at peace. Solomon rules over the kingdom for 40 years with extreme prosperity, and with the prosperity, it is... Is what God had planned for them. It's the outline of the blessing found in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 through 14, which God had a very specific plan for. Ever since the fall of man, God has been working to get his leadership back into the earth. The nation of Israel was to carry out that plan. For 40 years, what we see is God's business plan in action. God is trying, the plan was for God to bless the nation of Israel and for for the nation of Israel to bless the other nations and to lend to them because a servant 
the, the, the borrower is servant to the lender. That's why they were not to borrow. God was going to be their source. They were going to be the nation of Israel, or they were going to be the other nation's resource. And we see that that took place during Solomon's time. Then the nation of Israel slides down the mountain and never regains that position. But that was the position that God had for them. When Jesus is telling the religious leaders this in the 21st chapter of the book of Matthew, this is what he's talking about. And he's talking about the kingdom fruit. And, you know, Tony, it's amazing that, and I'm sure you've come across it, I certainly have, there are a whole bunch of Christians that seem to have a problem with the idea of wealth. And yet, here it is, crystal clear, as you pointed out, um, a template, uh, a picture that we can go back and look at, that when everything is working as it should, that we are the lenders, we are prosperous, and we help the others. Yet this, you know, we've put ourselves in debt, we've become the borrowers, we are slaves to a horrible master, and it is crippling our personal abilities to to do what God has set out for us to do, but it doesn't mean that God is any less resourceful or has any um, less ability to carry out his work. So, question, Tony. Now that you've talked about the business plan, given us a snapshot of what it looks like in action, how do we become partners with God's business plan in the year 2012 and beyond? (laughs) First, you have to... You have to get on the same page as God. God hasn't changed plans. In the in in Matthew chapter twenty one, and verse uh, forty two, Jesus in Acts. Another important part of a business plan is the exit strategy. And in verse forty, in verse forty two, Jesus in Acts that clause and this is what he says he says Jesus said to them have you never read the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone this is the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in our eyes and in verse excuse me verse 43 he says therefore I say to you the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to a nation that bears the fruit of it. Right there is the greatest transfer of wealth that's ever taken place. And it transferred from the nation of Israel to the born again nation. And Jesus enacts the uh, exit clause and he takes away the kingdom from the nation of Israel and gives it to the born again nation. And that kingdom and fruit. The kingdom fruit is still intact. We are to have that kingdom fruit. That kingdom fruit was not the fruit of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit was not poured out in the Old Testament. It was the outline of the blessing. Now, he enacts or puts in several other components to the business plan to ensure its success. He puts in, Jesus when he restored the relationship of fallen man with the Father. For those who are born again, that relationship is restored. 
A father is the blesser. The blessing that was on the garden is the blessing that we see during Solomon's reign, and it is the blessing that is on the kingdom now. Then there is the baptism and the infilling of the Holy Spirit with all of his offices, gifts, and fruits. Then there is the finished work of Christ Jesus and the mind of Christ Jesus. Then there's the covenant of love in which we share amongst ourselves, which is the word of God in action that will produce kingdom fruit. If they were not excused, if the nation of Israel was not excused from having this fruit, what makes us think that we're going to be excused? Hmm. All right, Tony, we have just about we have just about five minutes left, so let's let's um go ahead and finish that up. And, and if there's anything else you want to share, just throw that in there real quick. Well, it, it's kingdom fruit, and the kingdom fruit is very much a physical prosperity that has a purpose, and the purpose is to fulfill God's divine will, plan, and purpose in the earth. And when we look all over the earth, we see mountains of wealth heaped up. And as that transfers, it needs to be for carrying out the will of God, which is to fill the world with the gospel. Much like taking leaven and putting three packs of meal to it, leaven's the whole lump. In other words, fill the world with the gospel. Adam was to cover the garden, the earth with the garden. We were to fill the world with the gospel. Okay. All right, Tony. Well, I, you know, wow, wow. That's what I can say. Wow. Um, all right, guys. Just a reminder that in addition to this show being available later in our archives here at Debt Free Wealth Radio, we will also have this show uploaded to our website at ChristianEntrepreneursConnect.com. Christian entrepreneursconnect.com. Now, Debt-Free Wealth Radio thanks our special guest, Tony Waldrop of Tony Waldrop Ministries, for being with us today and sharing his urgent mission to help us finance the Great Commission. Thank you so much, Tony. Um, Now, guys, join us. Thank you. Oh, okay. Now, guys, join us next week as the topic is Precious Metals for Dummies and Smart People too. Mr. Paul Majenovic, otherwise nicknamed the Raving Capitalist, will be our special guest. He's a national seminar leader, author, and consultant. His specialties are investing and home business issues. He's certainly been a guest on our show before. Paul's books include Zero Cost Marketing, The Unofficial Guide to Picking Stocks and Stocking Investing for Dummies, and the latter book achieved Barron's Honor List of the Top Ten Books for Investors. He also wrote reports such as How to Become a Recognized Expert in Only Six Months. His newest book is Precious Metals Investing for Dummies. Now, you can find out more at Paul by, um, by his website, ravingcapitalist.com. Now, as far as our show is concerned, we are going to be absolutely glad to have Paul here as he helps us look at the topic of precious metals for dummies and smart people, too. So please join us next week. Thank you again, Tony, for being on with us today. And we look forward to having you with us next week on Debt-Free Wealth Radio.